All right, time to play. It's running with war time, game time. Me and Drew back at it. This is this isn't running. Uh, this isn't uh, Monday Night Means Part Two. Uh, we will have uh, Chris Pennant joining us uh, momentarily, but uh, we'll uh, you know we just getting getting in a quick session of running here this uh, Tuesday evening. You know, a lot of a lot of news, a lot of stuff to talk about uh, here in Chicago and elsewhere in the NBA. A couple of big stories still permeating. A couple of intractable situations, although this season be there does seem to be movement with uh, Ben Simmons. But uh, you know, we still trying to figure out what's going on with Kyrie. But uh, on the more uh, Conventional level with the play, you know, keeping it on the on the court. Of course, Chicago got a lot to feel good about right now with the sky uh, being up one zero in the WNBA finals. Uh, you know, hopefully Chris will be on so we can get into that uh, with more detail in a minute. But uh, also, we go we haven't talked quite about the Bulls yet, and uh, I'm going to try to give some of our first impressions of the new look Bulls. Um, and during this hour as well. But uh, here's Chris joining us. And Chris, like me, uh, repping the dear departed Sox. <laughs> R.I.P. For the, for the 2021 season, at least. Can we, can, I was going to say, yeah, because... <laughs> I, if, if, you, if you want to get something off your chest with that, we can do that. No, yeah, man, you know. Fuck the Astros, man. Those cats are some assholes, bro. They are. I'm a, I really, I'm a, I'm I really say, wish it wasn't the case, but they are. Look, I, I hate it too, man. And I, and I don't, I hate seeing them in Boston in the ALCS. But I'm, I am going to say this, man. You don't get to five straight league championship series by banging on garbage cans. So, I mean, but they got to at least two straight by doing that. So, <laughs> well, you'll get to five straight, though. I, I don't think they got to this one as much as uh, uh, the Tapero wanted to, you know. Bring up. Like, I don't think he should have said that. No, he shouldn't have said that. That was a. Yeah. That was a little bit much. But um, no, nah, man. You know what sucks the most? I, I like Dusty Baker. I've liked Dusty Baker since he was managing the Cubs. Honestly, since he was yeah. with the Giants, since he was with the Cubs, and I wanted him to get a ring just to prove to people that he knows what he's doing, even though I already know he knows what he's doing. And man, and he he, he willingly you know. took on a shit situation down there. It's it's true, but it's still like they had these guys, you know, and that well, yeah, the talent, yeah, outside of the talent, yeah, but yeah, but you you're right there, they do have a lot of talent still. But man, this with that bunch of fucking duh, fucking assholes, man. <laughs> Were you would, would you would you would you like to sign one of them though next year? Uh, you know, uh, I know got a free agency deal, and they need they need a better infielder. So maybe, but I don't know. I you know he'll I'm, all, probably, I'm all for Correa. He would probably jive with the uh, with the. In- I think he muted himself. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he's he's not. I, I, I heard another. I, I could I could make out another. Fuck the Astros though. <laughs> <laughs> I, we can't hear you, man. Um, hold on. My uh, my headset. 
Let me check it. Let me check it. Okay, you hear you a little bit. Microphone had to switch. Switch that microphone. We couldn't hear you, but we heard fuck the Astros loud and clear. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, at, were you at the game? Yeah. I was at the game. I was at the game. Okay. It was – I can't just say fuck – I can't just say fuck Houston because our coaching staff put us in that spot. Um, You got to get better from your starters. You got to get more than, more than 12 innings total over a four-game set from your starters. And four of those were Lance Lynn in game one. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. You're resting guys. You're Ethan Katz is this is the new dude on the block who's supposed to be getting more out of guys, and to some degree he did. But that was a that was a, a weak second half of the season and just a, a bad showing, man. And I know those. I know the guys who are who are uh, the position players are upset, and they should be. You know, you you got how many extra base hits out of 25 hits or so? Right. Five. Pretty much in, in game three, in was that three game three, right? Game three, yeah. And then the, the extra the bases they got today were sheets. The rookie, the rookie, bro, the rookie <laughs> got you your two big hits. I, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing more of him though in 2022 and and Vaughn and you know I I you know the team is still a young team overall at least in this is uh is everyday players. You know I'm kind of worried about the pitching. And where it's gonna go, but at, at least the starting pitching, not the uh, you know the bullpen is straight, but you know the starting pitching, I'm I'm a little worried about that. But you know, I think like I said with the with the position players, we got mostly youth and it's still a lot of power in, in the lineup. Uh, like I said, nice little uh, you know uh, a nice little boost in the middle infield would be nice, but uh, you know. And a little more depth, maybe, but uh, coming off the bench. But you know, we'll see. You know, I, I, there's no reason to give up. It, these things are hard. It takes time with these things. So, you know, it's, it's been it's the second straight year now being, uh, uh, you know, knocked out of the division series. As it were, it's a little different. The format was different last year, but uh, still was the first round. And uh, yeah, was I, I? I don't know. What, what do you think about bringing back uh, Tony? About bringing back who? Bringing back Tony? Nah, nah, I'm, I'm cool on that. I'm definitely cool on that. I'm worried about a brave man. He's going to be a year older, potentially two, if there's yeah. a labor stoppage. And there could very well be a labor stoppage. That's the crazy part. This could have been. And yeah, we, one we of the took the one years. run before. That stopped one run before with the side. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that, killed my, that killed my baseball fandom for a while, too. That Sox team was in position, man. man. Even with the Indians as good as they were, they were in position to compete. Then they came back in 95 and were a shell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle, you spoke about the pitching staff. What do you what do you guys think about Rodon? Like this dude had a career resurgence and then that fatigue arm soreness kind of just took him out. Um, I know he's um not under contract next year. Keiko, I'm not sure about his contract status, but those two 
Kaiko probably they'll probably move on from Kaiko. Kaiko for think, different reasons, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rodon, hopefully this was just a thing for this year. Maybe, you know, he can, you know, I, it's not really a structural arm thing, I don't think. So no, I don't think so. Yeah, so he can he could just get some rest and you know, hopefully he'll come back stronger next year. I think between him, uh Lynn and Cease, you got a good top three. You gotta think of uh, you know, like say some some upgrades beyond that. And see, you know, maybe Lopez can be like a rota like an in and in and out guy, or maybe he can make himself into a decent number four or number five. But you I think you gotta look maybe look to the, the free agent market and see. I don't I don't know about the farm right now, you know, but uh, you know, if there's anybody coming up, or maybe I don't know, you know, maybe uh a crochet, maybe he can formulate into a starter by next year. But you know, yeah, Kopech. Hmm? I think so. Can he bump into him? He, he maybe yeah, he might be more promising even there. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, there, there may be some options there, but I would like to see the I like to see the spend some money <laughs> if they can. You know, that, you know, act like a big league team and, well, and I mean, see. Like like the cut like the Cubs when they were in this situation, the, the a comparable situation they went and got uh, a straight up uh, postseason killer in in John Lester. So yeah. if you the if you the Sox, you may want to think of a similar move. See who's out there. I'm, I'm off the top of my head. I can't think of nobody, but you know it, that type of move you might want to make. Whether it's with a a pitcher or or an everyday player, you know. Maybe I know a lot of people probably like to see like a Nick Castellanos be, uh, be, be, nice brought, be brought to sh- they the can pick that dude up. Yeah, so that could be a nice move as far as the everyday lineup. But yeah, it's, it's the upgrades need to be made because when you look at that this series, and like I say, you compare yourself not only to Houston, but they they wouldn't have be either one of those teams. I don't think they would have be anybody they, that was in the playoff uh, in the playoffs. Rotation uh, and the playoff area, I should say, you know, uh, the next including, you know, the Yankees and, you know, maybe even, you know, uh, like they probably, yeah, probably cut it off at the Yankees, but they they wouldn't have beat Boston. They wouldn't have beat. Uh, I don't think they would have. They would have had a better chance against Boston than the Yankees for sure, because they just yeah. couldn't. Even with the Yankees, you know, flaming out the way they did, they just could not beat that team this year, and they played Boston tight. They played yeah, they did. in the regular season, yeah. But I'm just yeah. saying the way if, if they played the way that they played against any team, like just yes. like you know, they were they just they they just didn't play to win in this series except for game three when they fell back. Though that was the only time. So yeah. we gotta see more. We gotta see more from them. You spoke about them being aggressive. I mean, it would make little to no sense for them not to be when Han kind of went all you know, as far in as he could at the trade deadline with the moves that he made, so it wouldn't make any sense to to not keep that kind of mentality going forward. Sure, but we'll see. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's that's a little post mortem on the white side. <laughs> it's my fault if this is uh, if this is um, shout out this can though. This can is cold. Yeah. Where you get that from? Uh, they put these out last week, so I went to Tony's. Tony's on on Fullerton. They had it. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was probably got it in Mariano's though. Mm. Yeah. 
That look dope. Drake is Drake your pain away a little bit. You know? Hey man, we're gonna be packing these for the sky on Friday though. Bet that. Hey. Hey, yeah, yeah. Like I say, hey, you know, we could Soxtober is prematurely over, but you know, Skytober is still in effect, and it, and it look, it's looking pretty good. You know, one zero up in the in the uh, finals, and uh, you know, we I, have, I haven't got to talk to you since then, Chris. You know, you have been wrapped up in the Sox stuff since <laughs> Sunday, but I, I saw I saw you on Twitter. You were trying to get. Uh, uh, were you out? You were out there at the park while the game was on. Were you, were you trying to see how you could watch the game? I got, yeah, I got there. I went to my friend's place and I got there late because I thought the game started. And I thought the basketball game started at three and it started at uh, two. So mm. I missed. Actually, I think it started at one. So I missed. That was two. It was two. Okay. Well, I missed the first half and a good <laughs> amount of the third. And I had to come back and watch. Um, I watched the fourth and watched after. But man, I was like, "Damn, I really missed most of this." Yeah, it was a it was a good game. You you ain't really missed nothing in the first, but the second quarter when they got going, man, they was, uh, you know, that seventeen two run to close out the first half really did a really uh, got them in control, and they really didn't let up much in the second half. You know, uh, you know. Phoenix was able to, to get some, you know, get a little bit in, but they they kept on defending well, and they just had more energy. You know, you know there's some issue of what of just how uh, fatigued the Mercury were, but uh, you know, uh, uh, Tarasi said it wasn't about that. They were just getting outplayed, and you could see that. You know, the way that uh, again the the sky was carrying over so much of what they did well against the Sun. You know, scoring in transition. Uh, still in the ball, stopping, making good stops in the half court defense, and like I say, still in the ball and getting out in transition, and uh, you know, rebounding, you know, just you know, getting rebounding from their bigs and from Copper. You know, they were they were doing it, and, and Candace was there doing, making plays and stuff, and everybody was was putting in like like you would want them to, and you know, it was a, it was a very good performance. Yeah, they they extended you. You talked about that 17 to 2 run. They extended it into that, I think, a minute into the third quarter to make it a 21 to 2 run mm. where the Mercury, I think, turned the ball over six times and missed seven shots. Um, the sky, like, uh, held them, I think, like eight rebounds or so below the season average, turned them over five more times than I think they had in the, in the regular season as well. So it was, it obviously, it wasn't a wire to wire win, but like you said, once they kind of got that, got that groundswell and momentum behind them it just felt like the game was in hand yeah yeah i thought you know I, I was yesterday we talked a bit about this on monday night means and you know we was with phil thompson phil tried to calm me down soon but i i, I, I i'm i'm holding i'm holding to it i think that the series is theirs to lose and uh you know i i think that they can get it you know tomorrow probably will be a hard test because you know you got a you know you got a home team that's going to be that's going to be trying to avoid an elimination situation if they lose but I, you know having two games at home after that that's an ideal situation if you were playing starting this championship series on the road so I think by game four I think they'll get it done but you know you got any thoughts on that Chris 
Well, I wanted to ask what um, what Phil was saying, why he said you should calm down, just because it's too early. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. In general, yeah. But he, he was, you know, he was big enough. You know, the, the of course, you know, Phoenix got a lot of talent. They got three, you know, big big. They got a big three, a little big three, and in, in the game and and Skylar Diggins Smith, and you know, and and of course Tarasi, who we we gonna talk a little bit about the goat. Uh, you know uh, the, the 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 goat argument for her and uh and Candace in a minute, but uh and of course Brittany Griner, but uh you know they they got a lot of te- but yeah that was the main thing I think that he jumped out with me with was was with Tarasi, and her you know maybe as cold blooded a playoff competitor as there's been in the WNBA, she, you know she had that impressive performance in Game Five of the uh, the series against Vegas to, to close that out. So I'm, but I think what you saw in Game One was, you know, they they negated her and Griner to a good degree, where and where if, if you playing if you playing catch up enough, even if you snap in that fourth quarter, it's only going to make so much of an impact. You know, you gotta you gotta if if you can get out to the type of leads and have the type of streaks that the sky looks like they can get right now because of the how effective their defense is. They're starting everything from their defense and, and, and the rebounding, you know, they're controlling possessions and they're not allowing you to get the shots that you want as an opponent. You know, I, I, I think it's going to be a hard time, even for Diana Taurasi to get the shots that she's going to want to be able to have those type of, uh, you know, that type of uh, quarter like she had against the Aces. And, you know, Griner wound up having decent numbers, but she wasn't a factor for about half of that game. So if, if, if they can contain her, much like they did John Quayle Jones in the last series, then I think the sky, you know, the sky got bigs and they could throw them at you. So, you know, that's – that's it, 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 I just think everything is working for him. You got the injuries on the other side too for for uh, for Phoenix Kia Nurse being out. I think that's a big loss for them. So yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm feeling really good for this guy. Yeah, and there's nothing against Phil. I think he's he's got the right idea because you don't you never want to count your chickens early. But I was talking to James when he did the Skyhook. Shout out to my man James, who's got the freelance gig for the Tribune. Yeah, that big up to James. Yeah, out in Phoenix for this. Uh, but we we looked at it after Game One, and we didn't really see any holes other than um, the bench. I think the bench play could be better, and that's after Steph Dolson put up 14 points and hit two threes. Like she had her best game of the playoffs yesterday right. on Sunday. So they they could use more from Diamond. And Phoenix was good at hounding the the, um, the backup point guards with uh, Lexi Brown and Dana Evans. They weren't really too effective when they came in. And, and Diamond had an off game. But all six of those players outside of, of them who played Copper, Dolson, Stevens, Parker, Vandersloot, Quigley, double figures. All Everybody scored 10 points or more. And it's hard for them to – it's hard for them to stay off the scoreboard in this playoffs. They're getting their shots up. They're shooting threes with confidence. They're uh, making plays in the half court, which was their Achilles heel before getting Candace Parker and through a lot of the season mm. was um, had generating half court offense. And they've been able to do that against not just Phoenix, but against um, Connecticut. 
and against Minnesota and Dallas. Without Kia Nurse, I think Phoenix is really, um, they've lost a great floor spacer. And Sophie Cunningham's going to be back, but she's not yet that caliber of player if she's going to be the Kia Nurse is in terms of being able to space the floor. And so when you have that, Skylar Diggins-Smith, who's a good slasher, can't be as effective because this guy can sag off and close down driving lanes. And Diana Taurasi is still hurt. You know, she's playing, but she's playing hurt. She's on a bad ankle. So you got DT working hard. Brittany Griner's having a great season. This might be one of the best, or if not the best season of her career. Uh, Brianna Turner has to play better for them. And they'll probably have to ask more from Kia Vaughn, too. And there's really not much that Phoenix can do that I can see that would get them back in the finals. I told James it's a sweep, and I never predict sweeps. But I think it's a sweep, Bree. I think it's a sweep. That would be the Friday if they could make Close it happen. It out at home. Yeah. <laughs> right, right quick, I want, I want to add, you brought up Diamond. Do you think that – We've been sort of waiting on her to reemerge in the postseason. Do you think that that's going to be needed for them to clinch, or do you think that they could get by without it? To to a degree, she's still got to be. Um, she's still got to affect the game in some way. It's usually on the defensive side of the ball, where I think she she looked not great against Dallas. I think she got five fouls in that game, but she hasn't been in foul trouble really that I can recall since then. And she's, if even if she hasn't gotten on the scoreboard to a great degree, she's um, affected the game defensively, which is good. She's athletic enough to do that. She still runs the floor and can get outlet passes. She's just not right now in the, um, in the position to score, you know, 15 or 16 points a game. Um, I don't, I don't want to look too far in the future, but I know hers is cloudy with the team, in in my opinion. Sorry, let me let me back that up. I don't have. <laughs> I was saying you got some inside info. No, I was like, I don't have any background info from the team. You know, if you look to look to the other writers for that, because I'm not privy to that information. But it's it's hard to see a place when the sky are coming up against the salary cap, and you know, Kalia Copper is going to get um, money. It's it's going to be hard for, for Diamond to find a place when she's coming to the end of her contract. Uh, if if this just isn't a, a place where she can reach her potential, which which sucks. Two years ago, it looked like she was going to be that person yeah. for them going forward. And it's not anything, I think, with the emergence of Copper. I don't think that that's diminished it. But um, it's it's hard to see how she fits outside, uh, you know, outside of the spot that she's in, unless Allie Quigley um, decides to, you know, call it a career, which I don't see her doing yet. I, I don't. I think she's got a couple good years left for the for the style she plays. And honestly, it it might be better for Diamond to, to find a new spot where she can where she can grow, where she can bloom the way that she should, because she's a player with a ton of potential. It, it, you right, man. And- and you make such a good point, man, about like where things looked at looked to be a couple years ago, and like it was like you know Diamond has had more of the pedigree behind her, you know, being uh, the child of an athlete and everything. She was a McDonald's All American. Diamond was and everything. She played you know high profile in college and stuff. So 
she was, you know, looking like a person was definitely going to be a big part of the sky's future. But Kalia just has emerged so, so big in the past couple of years. And especially in this playoff run, you know, I, if you had to, you know, if you ask me to choose between one of the two, you know, I'm gonna have to go with Kalia, go with KFC. You know, as one of the first, one of the the red ties. I choose KFC over Popeyes. You know, yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it's it's amazing. I wanna I wanna uh, mention, uh, you know, you talk about another one of the 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 possible insiders or the, the people who are really on the sky beat Andy Constable. You know, she wrote a, a nice feature uh, today about the trade that brought Kalia Copper to Chicago. And uh yeah. that was I didn't I didn't realize this. It was the trade that got uh LA, Elena Deladon to Washington. You know, Copper came back with uh with Dolson in that one. I, I remember Dolson being in that trade, but I didn't remember Copper being in it. And um yeah that was you know you look at a trade that changed the the direction of a team, you know, even in such a bad situation where you had to give up arguably the best player in the league at that time, you know, but you get, you know, two, you know, you get two players back who have really got become part of the heart of the team and Copper is, you know, potentially still rising as a talent. You know, it is, is really uh, interesting to look at the, and, and, and really was crucial to the development of this team as it was reforming itself after you know, sort of falling back from that 2014 uh, finals run. Yeah, it was um, the sky and, and their fans were in a tough spot with that because they had Sylvia Fowles two years earlier, and she asked out. Like she held out uh, for a while mm-hmm. before she got traded to to Minnesota. And that 2014 finals team, they had brought in a lot of talent uh, to build around that court of fouls. And then um, I think they got Deladon the year before that or possibly that year. And they had Epiphany Prince, who's a, good, a great scorer, Swin Cash. And they got Cappy Pondexter. And it was, you know, they got swept out of that finals, but it was supposed to be a building block. Instead, fouls asks out. And then a couple years later, Deladon asks out. And it's it's one of those situations for fans where it's like, why don't people want to stick around here? And you see two transcendent talents like that leave. Dallas Dallas has been in that spot, uh, the Dallas Wings, because they had the same thing happen with Liz Cambage. She pretty much left the, the WNBA for a couple of years until she got picked up by the Aces. And then Skylar Diggins-Smith was there, and she asked out to go to Phoenix. So the sky were in a tough spot, and it was always looking back at that trade, especially because they didn't beat Washington after the trade until 2019. And I think that was eight games that they played against them, and they lost every game. So it was a real, um, it was a touchstone. And now to be in this spot, knowing, I mean, they knew that those were going to be good players, but it was always something that you kind of looked back at, like, man, it was real. It was a real, and it was real messy. Both of those. Both of those departures were extremely messy. And now they're on the cusp of the finals with the players that they got back. And so it's it worked out for Washington because they got that championship, which they deserved. They were far and away the best team the year they won. 
and if it works out for the sky, it'll finally be in the rearview mirror because even for James Wade, who legitimately doesn't care about stuff like that, because especially because he wasn't here, the question's been asked and he has to brush it off. But I think it'll be um, it'll be cathartic for for him, and it'll be especially cathartic for. Dolson and Copper, who came over in the trade, and for Vandersloot and Quigley, who were here for that that finals. I'm just going to say right quick, how often does that happen, though, when you have a, such a trade, uh, you know, including, a, you know, it's seemingly a trade at the time, but it, it winds up leading potentially to t- championships on both sides of the trade, you know. It's, you don't see that too often in sports. Yeah, that, I don't. I can't think of a time where it actually like there was a, a trade like that that wasn't lopsided or or didn't look bad in the, in the in the future with hindsight for for one side or the other. I, some of that is just the size of the league. I think um, when you have a twelve team league and yeah. you Europe, European basketball is still so strong then you're going to have potentially the best of the best playing. And had I been watching more women's college ball at that time, I probably could have told you that Kalia Copper would have been as good as she is, if not better. Just You, you see the same things that she's doing here that she was doing at Rutgers uh, with a better jump shot. And uh, Steph Dolson, I mean, she had pedigree coming out of UConn. She was an all-star with Washington. So you figured that those two players were going to be solid. You're just giving up, you know, a great player for two very good players. Yeah. Mm. I, was, I was going to say that the way that this trade has worked out for the sky, you know, both in theory when it happened and now as, as Copper has kind of developed into the player um, that she's become, it's the best you can hope for when you're giving up the best player in that deal. And something that we'll talk about, I'm sure, later is similar to what the Sixers can hope to get for Ben Simmons. You're not gonna, you're probably not gonna get a talent back um, in return that you're giving up, but you just hope to get two, three players that can contribute to winning basketball. And um, like you guys said, for this trade to have kind of been the found part of the foundation of what could be a championship, can't ask for no more than that, man. No, that's, and, that's, uh, that's a good point, Drew. Because you you know I can't. you can you can say you can say oh sorry you know and on on the you know on the on the surface that like you're not gonna get equal value uh you know at Elena Dutton or Ben Simmons but you may get back back something if you work a deal right here you still can improve in some ways by elimination you know the chemistry mm-hmm. that you have with one guy can be different than the chemistry that you have with the two guys you get back or the actual draft pick that you may get if, if that's included in the deal or something like that. You know, team chemistry be a funny thing. It's, it's, and it's not always an obvious thing where it's, you know, let me just get all the talent that I can get and, and I'll run through everybody. We've seen teams that have had an abundance of talent that didn't reach their goals. So, you know, it's a lot of in basketball, a lot of it has to do with who knows what roles that who accepts the roles that they're in, who can perform at the runs. What's that type of 
like I said, that, that mixture of talents that are playing next to each other as opposed to just having the the best five on the court. And I, I can't remember who said it, who um, made it plain, but Amber Stocks drafted uh, Diamond to Shields, and she drafted um, – I think she – no, it wasn't that straight. There was, there's somebody else on the roster that I'm blanking on. Currently on the roster? Yeah, there's somebody else that she picked up in that draft. I don't think she I don't think she made the copper yeah. trade because Pokey Chapman was here for that. Yeah, might be, um, it might be in the store. Maybe maybe it was Stocks. Maybe it was Amber Stocks who picked up Kalia Copper in that deal. Because if you know if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, but somebody was saying that Amber Stocks has, had a good eye for talent. I think that was Alice. Well, yeah, it does talent. say that she was the coach then. She was the coach then. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um and, and so you gotta give her, give Amber Stocks credit. She, she draft, and uh, she the next year she drafted Diamond Williams. Yes, that's what it was, and and it's, we can't forget that how that didn't uh, pan out, and that's still going to be something looking forward. You know, a championship always um, is a bomb for a lot of different cuts, but. You know, this whatever happens in the offseason is going to be looked at very uh, sharply in terms of James Wade and his draft record. He did pick up Azaree Stevens in a, in a nice trade. He basically got Azaree Stevens for nothing, considering that he traded a Stu Do and I think a draft pick and got a Stu Do back for a similar draft pick and got Dana Evans from Dallas that I'm not going to talk about Dallas, but they just, they do a lot of weird stuff, but that <laughs> was very astute. That was very astute of him to pick up uh, Z because she's played about as she's showing her potential. She can be a big time player in this league right now. Uh, but Amber stocks does the, definitely deserves a lot of credit for the players that she added to this roster, even though she didn't have a good record as coach, you know, some people are just better eyes for talent. And some people are, are better better coaches, and some people, some special people, can be both. Sure, sure. All right. Well, right, right, right quick, I'm, I'm gonna move. Uh, you know, to transition to the, uh, the the goat battle. Right quick, what do you think? What do you expect, or you know, sort of feel uh, uh, should happen tomorrow again? To Chris. Uh, Sophie Cunningham is a quality shooter. She's getting better every season. Plus, she's a, a um, an agitator. She is a, an, a a very good agitator on a team with Diana Taurasi, which is so funny because she's one of the best out there at getting under your skin. She will never shy away from an argument. And um, I'm going to come out and say Sophie probably leans MAGA, you know, but she's <laughs> on the court. Actually, I'm not going to say probably. I think it's pretty well known at this point. She leans MAGA. But um, the Sky are going to have to, to deal with that. Fortunately, they haven't had much trouble with getting out of their game uh, emotionally this season, whether it's with, um, whether it's with uh, foul trouble or, or execution or, you know, have, having, um, having problems on the court with other teams. We, they haven't they haven't fallen into that trap 
but I expect Phoenix to come out and definitely try to um, get get looks for her, especially if she comes in off the bench and get more touches for uh, Brittany Griner. You know, she had 15 shots, but they still got to feed her more because she she should be when she's going right indefensible. She should not be able to be defended by any team. Either you're going to foul her, or she's going to put it in, or you hope she misses. You know. The Sky have done very well at doubling and helping, especially off the weak side. Uh, they'll bring a guard down from the top rather than bring over the other post player so to prevent any uh, passes because BG passes very well. But I think Phoenix is going to try and get her more touches, get Brianna Turner more touches, and on the Sky side, they're going to um, they're going to keep doing what they've been doing. I, I don't see anything different. I think that the bench has to step up, and they're going to be communicated that. They can't let it. They can't let leads slip like they did in the fourth quarter on Sunday, because the game didn't get close. But Phoenix went on a late run to keep it interesting. And championship teams, you know, they got to be on. They got to be on the whole time. But I, like I said, I still think that the sky take it, and then they come back to Chicago. And yeah, you got the sweep going. Pop champagne, man. Pop it. <laughs> I ain't mad at you, man. I, it, it definitely could happen. They. Would. When, they went Wednesday. It definitely could happen. We'll what, see, what did Chris but, uh, Rock say? What did Chris Rock say on idols become uh, become rivals? We out here drinking this rosé, Bel Air rosé. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I, I, we talk about idols. You know, uh, uh, there's a couple theories, and uh, you know, uh, Diana Taurasi is is getting some shine at, at the moment. You know, because She's been voted on as uh, by fans in a fan poll as the the greatest of time in the league. They've announced this coming on the top twenty five players in the league's history for its twenty fifth anniversary. And in the series, you got what do you have? Three of those players: you got Tarasi, Candace, and Brittany Griner. So yeah. you go. You got a you got you got representation. Current representation. In in this finals, nice little thing in, at game one, where they acknowledged the rest of the players. They brought back, uh, you know, the the players who have retired, and uh, they had a, a halftime celebration for them. So it was that was real cool. And um, but we talked a little bit some weeks ago about these players and and you know who who you could have in that argument uh, for the greatest of all time. And, um, you know, I, I saw some interesting tweets on Sunday, you know, sort of big enough Candace and saying that she may have a better argument of for herself if she's able to, to win this series and beat, they'll be essentially beat Tarasi in the series. Tarasi would still have three titles, even if she don't win this one, to uh, Candace's who. If uh, if Candace wins this series, but you know, I I, I kind of think that you know Candace may have an edge in the impact of her titles, uh, both in L.A. and in Chicago, a first ever title in Chicago, and uh, you know the you know a lot of it is narrative, and you know you know what you what do you prefer, and you know what do you prefer as far as a narrative and stuff coming back home and all this and that, but. You know, the, the, as far as the impact goes and the crossover appeal, 
And crossover appeal, I think, means a lot in regards to the WNBA and its story, you know, for its first 25 years because the crossover appeal hasn't been as much as people who back the league would like. But at Candace, you have one of the few players who really has that crossover appeal and that respect in the men's community as well as the women's community. So I'm, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. What 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 are you guys' thoughts on this whole, you know, on this whole thing, potentially uh, pitting one goat against the other? Are there multiple goats? Is is Diana Taurasi the goat, or or is there someone else from the history of the league who you who you would rather see up there as a you know as that person to represent the league? So I mean, personally. I'm I'm 38, so I voted for Cynthia Cooper. Cynthia Cooper is is my goal, just because that's mm-hmm. kind of the foundation of the league. They're winning three titles with the comments. I think she led them in scoring two out of those three years. I think Swoops got it one year. Um, but no disrespect to to, to Rossi or Candace Parker. I think um, it, it's not it's not a Michael Jordan NBA type thing where one player is clearly just kind of dominated the conversation for so many years. It's, it's different. I don't, I don't know if there's one player that has separated themselves that much away from um, anybody else you want to throw in that conversation, even though I just said Cooper. I think it's different for whoever is watching and, and kind of judging what they see with their eyes and uh, when they started following WNBA, I think um, – I don't know, man. That's a tough conversation to have. I think the fact that you have three of those top 25 in this series is nothing nothing but a great thing for the WNBA. Um, great storylines, great narratives, two different type, very different types of players. Um, going back to the NBA comparisons, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday with um, with Phil, but, you know, Tarazi is, is kind of more like the Kobe where Candace Parker is, I kind of liken her to a KG where she can score, but she's giving you so many other different things. Not that Tarazi can't, but Candace's game is a little different, a little different, a little, a little more well-rounded. Um, that's not to say Kobe's better than KG the other way around. It's, it's you know, the eye to beholder type thing. But, um, you know, I went for Coop, and I think that Tarazi and, and, and Parker and Griner being in this series is, is great for, for the WNBA. It's, it's, good, it's good to have that memory going back to – you know, I'm, and I'm with you as far as the age goes and remembering what it was like when the WNBA first started and how dominant those Houston teams were. It's a shame that they don't have the, – the league doesn't currently have a team in Houston because a, a lot of that history is being lost, you know, the, the longer that we get away from it. But the, those were some great teams. They represented. And, and that was a time when the league was getting shown on NBC and stuff as part of the – the package yes. that they that that the league had at the time with NBA, so they were getting on. You know, it's, I think it was still a lot of. I, I I think the league is more entrenched now and more respected now than it was then. But though the league was able to get some good shine in, in its beginning years, and you were able to to see teams like Houston and on national TV on NBC. And and see them when I remember those those games vividly. So yeah, looking at a Cynthia Cooper and looking at 
the impact that a player like like she had and 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 now in those 90s players that those that sort of class of 90s players who were able to uh take advantage of the olympic the emergency of the olympics uh you know from the 96 team in particular and 2010 they really did a lot to uh establish dominance for the american program the women's basketball program and then like I said, when they weren't doing that, they were showing out in the WNBA. Players like Lisa Leslie and Cheryl Swoops, and you know these were players who, you know, were, you know, in the in the in the, in the basketball community, they were they were making themselves into bold face names, you know. Uh, so uh, you know they we definitely got to give it up to those players and not forget them, as well as you know uh, these players who are still around now, you know. When you look at you know when you look at a Tarasi though and a Super though these are players who did were able to work off of the legacy those initial legacies and also have a lot of longevity like you know uh, <coughs> like longevity for twenty years they've been playing and they've been in the spotlight as well so it's 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 interesting that they still get to bridge sort of the end of that nineties era and play all the way up to today. So that's that's meaningful too. For sure. I think it's tough to um, name a greatest of all time in this. Uh, first, I, I don't think it's Diana Taurasi. Uh, you know, no, I just don't, no disrespect to DT. She is probably the first person that I really remember glomming onto like hearing and thinking this is the face of UConn, this team that beats every fucking body. Like that was, DT was the first person I really associated with um, UConn beating everyone. Rebecca Lobo was the first person I associated with UConn basketball, but they were still kind of neck and neck with Stanford and Tennessee at that point in time. I think Tennessee might've been better still when Rebecca Lobo was there. I think you're right. Once, I, it, yeah. Once they got Diana and then Sue Bird, it was just like, it, it was wild, bro. It was like curtains. Like if they didn't win, it was a surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was the thing about that, um, and 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 just college basketball. It was them and and everybody else who was about five steps back. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, going back and looking at it and it. You know, whatever criteria you want to use in this argument is so uh, difficult, especially when there's players still playing, because Diana's done a lot. Diana's done a hell of a lot in her career. You know, she's 40. She's still playing at a high level. She's still playing at this high level while she's injured. She got two kids. Like, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot for anybody, I think, um, to still be doing this. And... um, all the external stuff that the league is just now, that the Players Association is just now fighting for and getting brick by brick in terms of charter flights, maternity leave, um, higher salaries, all of that. But I don't know if she's better than Lisa Leslie. I don't know if she's better than Lauren Jackson. Mm. I don't know if she's better than Cheryl Swoops. You know, and I can say the same for Candace. I don't know if she is better than any of those players that I mentioned necessarily. They've just had a longer career in a more visible time. And that in itself is why it's hard for me. Um, I think if you, 
if you ask me the same question in 97 and I'm this age and not nine, I don't know if I say Michael Jordan because I have more perspective and I can go back and talk about, well, Bird and Magic did this and Kareem just retired, you know, nine years ago or eight years ago. So I don't know if we can call this dude the best of all time yet. Your, fr your frame of reference would date back to the 70s, didn't it? Exactly. If I'm 33 years old in 97, you know, I've seen a lot of basketball, albeit on a grainy TV with rabbit ears, but I've seen it. <laughs> I, I think when you say multiple, there can be multiple goats. There's greatest of all time by nature of the of the language. I, I appreciate you saying that because I, I just I just threw that out as there as a discussion, but I'm I'm a, I believe that too. And you know, people really when people talk about this multiple goats stuff, they're really saying this is my favorite but you right. you want to everybody want to argue their favorite is uh, over everybody but that's not the case there's only one go but I, like I'm just glad say you said and it's just saying it's your, like just saying that player is your favorite player there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with saying that this player is your favorite nobody's going to say that derrick rose is the the best basketball player ever but plenty of people are going to say he's one of the most memorable, if not the most memorable that they saw. And that's good. That's fine. That's personal to you. And it's still going to be the same for me. I made so many people Bulls fans in 2011 just by telling them, you got to see what this dude is doing. I was in Peoria. I made people who didn't give a fuck about basketball care about the Bulls because Derrick Rose was so memorable. And that's going to be the same for people who watch Diana, do what she's done and do what she's doing now. But I don't know if she's the GOAT. And I, I got to say that what we get now and what the league is smartly doing to exploit that is there's so much of an emphasis on making big decisions, big calls immediately, putting them up on social media and being like, yo, this is, this is already this good without necessarily taking time to evaluate and parse it first. The, if Alfredo comes out, Alfredo was not a classic the instant you finish listening to it. That Freddie Gibbs album, it might be really good, but you don't know it's a classic yet. Even if you've listened to it once, that album has to stand the test of time. And that's the same with these players. Dawn Staley has stood the test of time because she was that great and because we've had time to evaluate her not just as a basketball player, but now as a basketball coach. Diana Taurasi's been in the league like she has. Sue Bird's been in the league like she has for so many years. Sure, we've had some time, but they're still playing, so we can't evaluate their careers right now. And you still got to take that in the context of the players who came before them and set shit up. Sorry, man, I'm getting real hype on this. I, <laughs> I was going to get this excited. Just that idea of, of talking about the greatest of all time has gotten so murky and so filled with um, a pain, like the, the unwillingness to collaborate on the criteria. The, the goalposts change a lot, especially in the NBA side. Yes. It's yeah, like, what, are you, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. Man, I mean, there's there's been some fantastic players, and I'm, it's, it's cool. Like, you should, there would always be. If you had a top, once you, once you get to the top 50, the, the W at 50, there'll be some players who are still playing who will be out there getting those jackets like they did the other night. But yeah. I don't think or know if they'll be the greatest yet unless they have done things that nobody else in the league has done 
um, unless they're like, say, top 10 dead or alive or top five dead or alive at that point in time, then maybe you could look at them as the greatest of all time within that league. But um, I don't how Yeah, how are they? It's sort of like, like I think the criteria in a general sense with like Hall of Famers, like, you know, how how do you tell the narrative of the league or of the sport without this person? Yeah. You know, if, you know, if, if you can't, if, if you can't do that, then you, you, that's a, that's a pretty good way to start in regards to, you know, judging whether a person is of that level because they're that important to the game, to the, the progression of the game, element of the game and everything. So, and, and it's interesting. You mentioned like 25 more years ahead for the W. NBA. The NBA is in that current right now too, where you had the the you had the NBA's fifty back in the mid nineties that and that was a lot of content around that. Now we're up to the seventy or the late nineties. Yeah, late yeah, late nineties. But now we're up to seventy five and they're gonna be releasing a top seventy five this year. So now and and in this goddamn NBA Twitter era, it's gonna be it's gonna be a oh madness, man. No. When that Wait list till comes Steph out, we're gonna be like fifteen on that list. <laughs> wait, just wait for it. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of slaughtering out here, man. In these, in these uh, Twitter streets, man, because people gonna be on some wild shit. But it, it, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's gonna be we go we definitely gonna have some discussions about that coming up. You know who's who's where on that list and. You know what era is being represented and what's not being represented, and you know, uh, yeah, it's it's that's the type of stuff that uh, the NBA likes, I, I think, to uh, to engender amongst its its most fervent fandom in this media and stuff. So, yeah, that's yeah, Twitter's gonna blow up. We are we they are already up in arms about the top one hundred. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where's Jordan Poole in this argument? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Those off-season lists, these top 100 <laughs> lists every year. Like, you don't need to do those lists every year. It, it, it's, it's like, it, yeah, those lists are so worthless, man. But like you say, yeah. people get worked up by them. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I like it. I like, you know throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. But 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 some of those publications really do like I, I understand how tough of a challenge it could be. Like I respect those guys specifically at SI that go through this process every year. So I I, mm. I get some enjoyment out of it and I kind of toss it out on Twitter um to see what people's opinions are. But yeah man it's it's gonna be wild times man. Are, are they doing that uh, all star weekend like they did before? I'm not sure but they probably will yeah. Okay. Okay, man. It's gonna be a rock in February again, boy. Oh man. <laughs> and like I said, man, the league is the leagues are smart about doing that because contra with controversy comes um eyes. With controversy comes exposure. Exposure. Yeah. So there's not really anything bad about it in terms of um in terms of what are you gonna what are you looking at? You know, uh Whatever, yeah, it's all in good fun, but you know, some people just be annoying when it comes to what they what they argue and stuff. So I I, I just want to see how where people go and stuff. I I just for me mostly it's about 
respecting every era of the league. And, you know, of course, there's certain, there's certain ways in which, you know, athleticism and skill level have improved over time. But I think the we talk about the best of the best who played the game. I think you talk about a sort of timelessness that's there with their game with, you know, how can you say that Elgin Baylor can't play today or <laughs> or Larry Bird or, you know, or, or Jerry West or whatever, like, these guys could play in any era, in every any era of the game, just like LeBron can. LeBron probably would dominate crazy in the '60s or '70s, but you know, he's you know it, it doesn't mean that the guys who did dominate that time wouldn't have done any who who who, are, who, who the guys who dominated or defined that time wouldn't have also placed in another time and era. So that's 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 all I say about that for now, but. Uh, let's let's move on right quick. Uh, get uh, to the Bulls. Uh, you know, uh, three three preseason games. We're gonna get definitely more into the Bulls and really by by next week, but because uh, the you know the, the NBA season is gonna be uh, pretty much starting next week, so we gotta uh, get back into the Bulls. But it, it's you know it's not a thing where you know it's interesting because it's like the sky taking up. You know so much of our attention because we we love basketball in general. We're not just you know male basketball guys, but you know and and but the Bulls are actually worth like you could look at their preseason games and be entertained by them now. It's like I don't know how much you guys have watched, you know, but they've these, these preseason games have been fun to watch, and they got a team that you know. Is they're showing themselves to be very adept at working with each other already. Like the way that they're moving the ball amongst each other, they're scoring pretty at a pretty high level. You know, two of the games were against Cleveland, but you know, <laughs> they I'm 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 just really I'm really excited for this regular season and to see these guys going. Yeah, with with no emphasis on no, with no apologies to John Hollinger. <laughs> there is something yeah, to be no, taken. Yeah. There's, something to be taken. There's something to be taken from these games. I don't care who they're playing against. It's important that you develop good habits. So even if mm -hmm. we're not looking at the the, um, the point totals, the Bulls are forcing. They force at least seven, no less than 17 turnovers in all three of these games. They've got the mm -hmm. second best assist turnover ratio behind New York. Uh, Javante Green has played. Almost to the point, or actually to the point now, where people on Twitter are like, "Man, is he going to take Patrick Williams a starting spot?" Like, he <laughs> played on, that well. He worked good. He worked good. He played himself to be in the first wing off the bench, which is saying a whole lot, considering we—I don't remember anybody really saying his name before now, before the preseason started. Um, Io Desumu coming in in the last game, scoring nine points in four minutes, a bucket to put him up, another bucket to kind of. Uh, saw the way the win. Those things are big. Even if he spends a lot of time um, with the Windy City Bulls, which is, I think, what Rob Schaefer said he kind of expects for um, Io to be kind of bouncing back and forth. But there's still Rob things. Schaefer was on with us last week. Check that out. Yep, absolutely. There's, there's still, even though it was against the Cavs, it was against a, a very shorthanded Pelicans team, it was against the Cavs again, there's things that can be taken from those games that can translate to the regular season. Um, I mean, would we rather have it the other way around where we're 0-3 and, and we're like, well, damn, 
these moves don't seem to be making any type of difference. Um, one of the only things that I guess is um, a little bit of a drawback, but I'm still nobody should really be too worried about it is Vucevic is like, I think before. Uh, no, no, I think actually as it stands right now, has not hit a three yet. He's taken 13 threes and, ha and hasn't hit one. But you expect yeah. this guy, he's a he's a phenomenal shooter for his size, for anybody really. Um, right. You expect him to start to click. This dude is like the hub actually of the offense. If if there's nothing to be gleaned from, what I'm saying, if there's nothing to be taken in transition with Lonzo Ball, they pull that ball back out and it's, it's ball and – uh, DeRozan and Levine running pick and rolls with with Vucevic. That's like their offense um, with some side actions going on with that. But yeah, man, I'm excited. Like, defense is gonna have a hard time. Team, man, you, they really are switch really are. and everything. But the things you got yes. to do to keep up. That's right. And Alex Caruso looks huge defensively. This team is gonna be better than I think what a lot of people. National pundits, you know, are kind of not really giving the Bulls their just desserts um, based on the summer activity that they had. But I'm, I'm expecting some some pretty good things, whereas, you know, that 46 win total I was predicting beforehand looks like it might either be right on the money or even a little bit shy of what they can get to. Um, but again, I'm, I'm a Bulls. I'm a Bulls observer slash Bulls fan. So these things, you know, I, some of them might be a little a little emotional for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you—I mean, you—I you giving them credit too because you looking at them, you know, you actually looking at them. I think a lot of a lot of folks, you know, say national or whatever, you know, you you looking at the whole league, and you know, you may you giving more, you know, they they don't admit it, but they get they ain't looking at everybody in the same way. So, you know, it, it over time, I think the Bulls are going to have to force people to look at them in a certain way. And that's going to come with wins and, you know, good performances against good teams and stuff like that. And, you know, it, I think by the end of this year, they could be seen in a much different light. You know, for now, let them sleep. You know, they that'll make it much – that'll make it even sweeter when the Bulls do creep up on everybody and and and, and everybody's got to recognize just who they are. And, you know, like I say, that could, that could very well happen this year. Yeah, they, they got to do what the Knicks did last year. You got to – Show and prove. I mean, you got to mm -hmm. earn it, you know. You got to – we've seen this Bulls um, this Bulls administration come in and they have to rebuild not just the team, but they have to rebuild the reputation from what the last administration did to it. You know, the Bulls got national attention when they had uh, that series against Boston because it looked like they were building something. They haven't had a playoff series like that yet even yet, you know. So I, I can't, you know, Drew, I feel you. I told my God that they might get 45 and, you know, that's eight over 500. And he was like, now you're, you know, now you're giving me a lot. Like you're going to get me thinking like they're going to really be good. You know, this 45 wins. But I haven't watched a lot. I watched the second half of that first preseason game against Cleveland. And, you know, it's a preseason game against Cleveland, but you're right. They look like they were clicking in a lot of different phases. I have never been a Lonzo Ball fan. But he's a shooter now, and so I got to eat that crow. Yeah. He's he's still yeah. the same distributor that he was. Who can see those angles, and he can shoot the basketball. So that's going to be a boon to help. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Alex Caruso is this is exactly that dude. Like like Lakers fans were saying he was, and like my guy Dan Meehan says he is in terms of defense. But he'll be an asset for sure. 
and they have the formations of a good team. But it's not time for national wrecks yet. Even in the East, even in the East, even with whatever's going on in Brooklyn and the fact that Boston is always kind of under under deserving, not as deserving of the plaudits that they might get. The Bulls, the Bulls gotta earn it. The Bulls gotta earn it back. So if they come out and they, you know, win a healthy amount of games over this first half of the season, if they win, if they win like 15 of their first 25, then I'll be on board. And I think people will have to give them a look because those will be some wins against some quality teams. There's not there's no circus anymore, but the circus trip is not easy this year at all. Right. They say they that that's that's such a good thing, it's a good measuring mark, you know, to have to go on that West Coast trip uh, in that first month. And uh, you know, I think they got some games early on that they could pick off. Like I think they played Detroit a couple games, and so that's important too because you don't want to see them play down to opponents. So if if they can if they could keep a certain level of play against the bad teams. And then go out play some better teams and and like I say compete with well with them and maybe knock off a couple of them as well. And we yeah we should be seeing the uh, improvement that we wanted to see and that we want to see in this roster. And so uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. We'll see how how things go. And um, like I said, I think next week we'll try to our uh, official Bulls, you know preview and all that and as the NBA and uh you know hopefully by then we'll be uh wrapping up the the WNBA stuff with a you know with a sky uh championship session so that's uh pretty much where all we go now but before we go I, I just want to get some thoughts you know of course the twin holdout stories as it were in the NBA you know both of those have uh, sort of taken up the, a lot of the discussions in the past day or two. Like Monday, it was about uh, Ben Simmons sort of coming, seemingly coming back into the fold with Philly. And uh, today, it was about, uh, uh, you know, the Brooklyn sort of laying the law down on, on Kyrie saying, look, you either going to play for us, all I get, you're going to be you're either going to be available for us all our games, but we know he ain't gonna play all the. Gonna be available for us all the games, but you're not. You, it's not. It's not gonna be this half and half shit. You're not. You know, we're not gonna be keeping. You know, seeing if you can play on the road and when you can't play in New York and all that. So, I, and I and I'm, I'm just saying, I'm 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 right with them. You know, I'm I'm all about player empowerment. I'm about player freedom and stuff, but. Like this stuff with Kyrie just blows me, man. It's it doesn't make sense. He doesn't give any good reasons for his trepidation with with the with the uh you know the the uh you know with you know not getting the vaccine and uh yeah thank you <laughs> the vaccine mm-hmm. does it like he's making this stand uh you know and and. All it's doing is, is creating a lot of, uh, you know, dissension, I think, and, and drama amongst this team that should be focused on, you know, how it can how it can secure a championship this year. And in a lot of ways, you could say that they maybe can do it without them, you know, but, you know, 
it, it's, it, like I say, I, I, I don't think he's being a leader. I don't think he's being very thoughtful with this. And if, like I said, if, if anybody, if, if I was the owner or the general manager in the situation, I said a couple weeks ago, and, and you are not willing to, you know, you're, you're actively willing to give up half your games, then essentially you give your, your, you're willing to give all you because I'm not going <laughs> like I said, I'm not going to have a half uh, a part-time player when when there's no reason for you not to be. So, I don't know what what's you guys thoughts on that. But yeah, uh, you got it, Drew. Go ahead, my fault. No, no, you good. Um I, I appreciate some of 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 Kyrie's free thinking and some of the things that he did. You know, this is a guy that gave up some of his salary to give to WNBA players who didn't go to the to the Wubble um, to help kind of um, support them financially. But I'm I'm so glad that the Nets kind of drew this line in the sand, man, because this thing was going to be a distraction for the entire season um, with this guy not being able to play in home games. So now it's, it's, it's on him. You know, do you – are you going to get the vaccine and, and, and live up to your – contract live up to um i guess the responsibilities that you probably made to james harden to kevin durant and other guys on that team to steve nash a guy that you put in you vouch for to want to coach his teams and want to coach you like this this is not this isn't just an individual decision anymore for anybody who is choosing not to get vaccinated this affects everybody else family friends strangers in terms of Kyrie, it's affecting his team and their ability to be able to put the best product on the floor and achieve the goal that those three guys set for themselves when they all decided to play with each other. You know, James coming, James Harden coming on late. Um, so I'm glad that that the Nets put this line in the sand for him. I'm interested to see where this goes from here. If he decides that um, it's in his best interest to do it and, and to pursue this 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 threesome with those guys uh, in, in pursuit of a championship. Cause he was doing some of this last year, this, you know, I'm not playing this game. Or I'm going to sit out these few games. And while I appreciate him being human and, and having that right, especially if there's something going on mental health wise and, and needing some time to back off. I felt like he was doing that a little bit, a little bit in excess last season. Taking advantage. Um, Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. And in terms of Ben, in in, in terms of Ben my, my, Simmons, well, my chi isn't right, so I'm not. I, my chi isn't right, so I'm not gonna play today. No. <laughs> right. And in terms of Ben Simmons, I guess he's coming back to try to rehab his his image. But at the same point, even him doing that, the Sixers still don't have any leverage. So I don't see how there's not gonna be an awkward situation with him and his teammates. I. I I don't know, man. It's it's a strange, strange situations going on in the Eastern Conference right now in the NBA. It's so awkward in Philly, man. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but they should have thrown like, look, okay, this is not going to be settled in in the off season. Like, let's go ahead and get into the season. Like for for there's a reclamation that's involved with Ben. The last time we saw him, dude was giving up two foot bunnies. In a game seven, so you can't just be coming out of that and be like, "Oh, hey, I'm out here, y'all." You know, hey, you know, save me from Philly, you know, because they being mean to me. (laughs) No, you know, out there and ball and show yourself, you know, show your value again, and then 
teams are gonna come hawking for you. They're gonna come and, and see you because if 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 the beef is still there, the beef is still gonna be there. We know that because Ben is too much of of a of, of a mid millennial kid to give off to give up the the being like I said, he can't get over what the reaction that Philadelphia gave to him. And Philly, you know, they'll really trust him as the team. Like, regardless of what they say in 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 more recent times, uh, Doc don't really trust them, and 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 B they don't trust them. So, just you know, put the put it. This is where you know, it, this is what it means to be professional. It means side personal feelings at certain times and doing the work that you being paid to do, and. You know, sometimes you got to maneuver a bit. Sometimes you got to be a little, you know, fake or, you know, a little – you got to be a little less than real at some point with these things. But you got to think about what's best going ahead. You got to be thinking some steps ahead. And nobody really did that in this situation. Nobody understood that, like, look, yeah. We can we can reclaim we can we can we can we can reclaim this to a certain degree, and put ourselves in a situation where we can all benefit from it by the trade deadline coming up in this next season, and then we'll we'll say like I said we'll we'll do a part and 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 uh, you know see each other down the road, but uh, as as it stands now, like you say, Drew, they're in this awkward position, you know Simmons has to slink back. You know, there's only so many. There's only so much time he wants to spend with Kendall Jenner. You know, he's, he's probably going to admit that, but you know, he's, he's he wants he got to get back into the game. The Sixers need him at least for the time being, and you know, like I say, eventually, the, I think this has to end where he'll get dealt with as he'll get dealt at some point during the season by a team that you know whatever their expectations were were or are at, at this point today. They may change by January or February, so you know, like I say, that's we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's something to be said for a change of scenery. But at the same point, the whole world kind of sees who Ben Simmons is as a player. So no matter where he goes, this, these free throw issues are going to follow him. Him passing up that bunny to to give it to Thibault is going to follow him. No matter where he goes, no matter who he's playing for, these troubles aren't going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Last thing before. I, uh, pass it over to Chris. Like at least with Kobe and Shaq, they were winning championships while griping. Like Ben Simmons and and Embiid. Like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ben Simmons could have rehabbed his image by by taking that layup. You know, Ben Simmons could have <laughs> rehabbed his image by learning how to shoot a jump shot. Ben Simmons could have rehabbed his image by not getting his ass cooked by Trey Young enough. Ben Simmons could have done so many things to rehab his image before now. So him going back his tail between his legs is just it's contrition. Now he's yeah. got to re he's got to reprove himself to his teammates, and like you said, Kyle, it might already be too late if they if they ship him out in the middle of the season. So other teams see everything that he did, and this isn't the case of just like you know meatball fans and sports radio hosts are like, oh, this dude isn't good because we don't like him. Ben Simmons has objectively proven that he is mid. Ben Simmons is um, Hydrox. <laughs> ben Simmons is Hydrox cookies, bro. He's, he's duplexes, and he needs to he needs to prove that his pedigree is worth it. Like that's 
that's it for me. The Kyrie thing, I'm leaving. There's no reason. There's no point in addressing that. I, I wish you, I want Scoop to come on the show so that he can give us some more insight because I believe Scoop that he has that he knows Kyrie and has spoken with him and has insight into his character because the stuff that he's doing and saying does not make sense unless you think of it as that one dude that you play like Call of Duty with that you don't do anything with outside of that because you know he's going to say some wild shit. Like you <laughs> just play COD with him. You got, all, you got the bad conspiracy that. theories on that. <laughs> Bro, man, he's like, yo, you know that like Pop-Tarts is made from MK Ultra, developed in that program or some shit like that. Like I saw a headline that said that Kyrie isn't against vaccine mandates. He's against people losing their jobs because of vaccine mandates, which means that that nigga is against vaccine mandates, man. Just say that you believe that they're putting a microchip in your arm and be done with it and take the consequences. That's what my therapist told me, man. Be cool with the consequences of your actions. Right. Be cool with it. Like there's nothing else that he needs to say. If he thinks that he can do something else and, and say the things that he's saying, he might as well do that because being ignorant is not going to help him play more basketball <laughs> at this point. It's just not. It's well said, Chris. Well said. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I just hope these brothers figure it out and uh, you know get you know do you know do what's best for them and and what's best for their teams and uh, you know eventually, like I said, they. they they got some stuff to figure out, but you know, we'll uh, we'll be documented as along, see how it goes along with you know, with Ben and uh, B E E N, and uh, and of course, the, uh, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, Simmons, and uh, yeah, of course, the the all the almighty uh, Kyrie, you know, the we'll we'll, we'll definitely uh. Be privy to his his. I, 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 I he. I say he's been sort of radio silent with this man. I, I, I want. I, I would like to for like you say, Chris, for him to speak more. But I, I don't think he has much to say. So in the end, you know, either either you got to respect respect the team that you with, respect the game, or or step aside, like you say. So you know, it's, it's really not that really not that common, but uh. Yeah, we gonna we gonna uh, keep it uh, to that for now, and uh, wrap up this show. Uh, another great show, guys. Appreciate uh, you guys sitting in with me. And uh, like I say, Wednesday game two of the WNBA finals. So uh, looking forward to that game three. Will be will be uh, Friday here in Chicago. Possible game four will be Sunday. Here in Chicago. So next time we see you, we'll be talking about those games. I think me and Chris will probably be there on Friday as uh, and maybe Sunday as well if that's necessary. But uh, it's going to be a lot going on. I say next week the the NBA is going to be getting getting going. So I think I'm gonna try to get some get a, a special guest or two to sit in with us. But um, no, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, uh. uh uh, hopefully Josh will be back with us. Uh, you know, he had to take care of some stuff today, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see him down the road as well. But uh, uh, yeah, anytime, guys, anything you want to shout out, 
any right quick any I know I know you, you know you just had a new episode of uh, Skyhook put out right Chris yeah um, we haven't had any uh, guests and I don't know if we'll have any guests in the in the coming months or or, or days I should say but always follow the Skyhook at Skyhooking on Twitter um, and it's the Skyhook Pod on Instagram I mean you just a lot of things are coming to fruition for us, which is cool. Um, and James, James is the one who who had the show asked me on the show when I was just doing like above the clouds for for myself and for for war. And this thing's taking off, man. A lot of a lot of good people are following us, and you're seeing a lot of good bylines. Um, so that's real dope, honestly. And it's and anything that we you said you setting up your your run down Stony Island. <laughs> yeah, I got to do it. Um, especially if they win the damn thing, I got to do it, man. I prom I'm a man can't back out of a bet, man. Uh, a grown a grown person can't welsh on a bet for everybody out there. So if you if you're willing to say it or if you're willing to put it up, you better be willing to follow through. And, uh, yeah. Hey, man, Kyle, that's all you got on at NBC Sports. So congratulations on that. That's big time too. That's big time thank too. You, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I uh, you know, I'll be. Helping, uh, like I say, helping this, this stuff over there. So I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm a teammate uh, as well of, uh, you know, Rob Shape. Like I say, Rob Shape. We had on the show last week, Casey Johnson. So you know, I'm, 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 you know, be hobnobbing a little bit. Maybe we'll get get a uh, KC on the show eventually, too. You know, so uh, you know, we'll see about that going forward. You know, uh, like I say, I try to make it work uh and and make it uh you know beneficial for what we doing as well definitely and um you know uh i may not be like say i may not be at every show going forward but you know because there may be times where i may be busy uh with that work but you know you know i want the show to keep going and you guys to keep having your platform to talk about the game and stuff so and Josh as well. So, so uh, say nothing. Nothing's changing with war and, and running with war for the time being. But uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely happy to uh, have this opportunity, and uh, definitely like I say, gonna make it work. So that's uh, doing, man. We we keeping it moving. We thriving, and uh, definitely keep following my guys. Uh, 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 you know, uh, I, I said it yesterday. You know, eventually. Uh, Drew gonna be gonna be doing some big time stuff too. He's already doing some big time stuff, really. But if we want Drew to be shining, so uh, read his stuff right now on uh, War Ready Substack and on his uh, his other platforms as well. You still doing your own, right? Nah, it's just time, man. I, I don't I don't have enough enough time to keep up with that, man. So it's strictly. Strictly on our on our sub stack for right now. Okay. Well, hey, I, I, you, you, you go. We you gotta get you paid too, man. I I know you got your other thing. I I, I let you speak on your other stuff, but you gonna see Drew. You gonna see Drew name and, and his byline on some other spots too, pretty soon. So. Yeah, I might have some announcements later on. We'll gotta sort through it first, man. But um. If you guys did not check out last night's Monday Night Means, please go back and do that. 
Kyle and I had Phil Thompson on and Ken Davis, some phenomenal conversations, good times. Please go back yeah. and watch that. Yeah, watch we'll definitely. Yeah. Monday at 6.30 on live, me and Drew, so check us out there as well. But, uh, yeah, for now, uh, um, uh, enjoy the games, y'all. Uh, enjoy your week. Have a good, Keep safe out here. And, um, and keep bouncing, y'all. Right. We'll talk to y'all later.